Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Bill Heisler with Hannah Commercial Real Estate joining us on the WBEN Trocare College Live Line this morning. We're talking about... Buffalo's tallest building, Seneca One Tower, with 1.2 million square feet of space. Doug Jamal purchased that building 10 years ago, and now they expect full capacity in April of this year. Bill, good morning. From your perspective, how big of an accomplishment is this? Good morning, Susan Bright. Nice to be with you. This is a huge accomplishment. I think in today's office environment, to be able to fill over a million square feet and the biggest building in Buffalo was a great accomplishment. And Doug Jamal seems to be the guy to be able to do it. I, did you see this coming? I, I mean, and it's not just offices, right, that uh, are inside that building, but it was at, I mean, zero. It was dark. It was empty for so long. And you looked at the building itself and it just didn't seem like it really had the fit for almost anything at all. And this total transformations happened. How unlikely was that? Uh, quite unlikely, but we all saw it, starting with, with painting the building. And Doug kind of really came in and reimagined what that uh, structure, which was not arch- um, architecturally beautiful, uh, into something really great. And he has built a community down there, uh, mixed use, absolutely. We have apartments down there, eating and drinking establishments, offices. And uh, yeah, just amazed he's been able to fill that building. Uh, but he's really recreated it. It is cavernous, but if you've been there anytime recently, it just seems to to work so well. It's like a small city. Like you said, everything is there that you need: living, working, eating, working out. Um, you know, is, is this maybe just the right recipe with this multi-use that he came up with? I think so. Again, bringing a fresh perspective from out of town is always nice and and bringing a lot of uh, private money, which is nice as well. Um, But yeah, just kind of changing the way that we've done things around here. And you can see the different pockets he's creating, whether it's down at Seneca One or areas in town. He really makes these little micro communities uh, sustainable all by themselves. And it's really great to see and refreshing in Buffalo. Now, I'm wondering on the impact on Buffalo as a whole with uh, the tower up and running. You know, on one hand, you have, it's obviously, you need the tallest building in Buffalo, the most visible building to have life in it, to be thriving. Uh, on the other, it's not as if these are all new uh, jobs, uh, new people moving to Buffalo who are now taking up space in the building, right? I, I mean... They did come from other offices that are now closed down and vacant and, you know, kind of sucking up some of the uh, uh, people who were residing in other spots of the city. 
What do you make of that impact on the city as a whole? Well, yeah, we are, um, you know, robbing for Peter to pay Paul a little bit, but they are doing a good job in Buffalo of attracting some good out-of-town companies. But at Seneca uh, One specifically, you know, M&T has taken over 30, 330 square feet in this well, 1.2 million square foot building. Uh, now we have Highmark moving over in April. Uh, they're moving out of a 470,000 square feet foot building. That's going to be pretty much vacant. Uh, and they're going to occupy five floors. So, yeah, we're moving over there. So now the uh, trick's going to be, what do we do with the building down on Genesee Street, where Highmark was, uh, and filling that and trying to attract some out-of-town people. I think that would be our best bet. Uh, keep bringing in the Odoos and companies like that uh, to fill that type of building and see what they can do down there. Bill, what does office vacancy look like now in the city of Buffalo, even compared to a few years ago? Yeah, that, that's the most challenging market still for us in commercial real estate. Vacancy is somewhere around 8 to 12% reportedly. I think if we factor in those companies that are not occupying their space, still have a lease and trying to sublease it, we're probably something over 15% in the office market. Does that change at all? You know, we've heard it's been a changing landscape, right? A lot of places are saying, all right, we got to come back to work in person, at least a few days a week. The total remote isn't working. Yet still we're talking about these office spaces being pretty empty or available. Is it a changing picture in favor of filling those spaces or maybe not so much? A changing picture, people are downsizing a little bit. You're right. They don't need as much space. People are only coming in two, three days a week. Uh, you need less space. So we're starting to see some of that. That's really starting to come true that these three to five year leases are now becoming expired and people are downsizing, uh, moving to different locations. Some are working remote. I'm an office guy. I love all my people in the office. Um, but I think it is slowly changing, but I'm not sure we'll ever get it fully back. So you do need to reimagine some of these spaces and what we're going to do with them and uh, how we can attract our workers back to the office. What about living downtown? Um, we understand that the apartments, are they're all full at Seneca One. You know, there's lots of people living downtown now that weren't there five, ten years ago. That's a huge shift, a very big shift. You wonder how many apartments are too many. Um, but with all the apartments come some good amenities. So we're getting better retail downtown. We're getting more eating and drinking establishments downtown. Entertainment, uh, you can see, is opening downtown. So that's all positive. Um, so I think, yeah, people living downtown is a good thing. Uh, they want to work, play downtown. So uh, let's do it. We've heard that for a long time, right? The need to make a downtown, quote unquote, neighborhood feel. Uh, that's what uh, the city was talking about when bringing in a, a grocery store, why they felt it was so important to kind of keep that up and running. Have they achieved it to an extent? And if not, what still needs to be done in your mind to get that neighborhood feel, to really make it a, a community that could be thriving without the workers on a Monday through Friday basis? Yeah, I think just keep doing what they're doing. Uh, it's too early to tell the final result. They tried some supermarkets downtown which had mixed results. So maybe we don't have the density of population living down there or wanting those services. Uh, but once you have strong neighborhoods, then you have strong retail and services. So I think Buffalo's still kind of building out that strong neighborhood and in downtown, which isn't as tight as a, a suburb, for example. But uh, yeah, just keep attracting the you know, people downtown, the young people, the new companies coming in town. You see an awful lot of that. 
They want to attract the again the cool workspace, the creative workspace. The, uh, I can walk to walk to work. I don't need a car or I just need a bicycle. So I think Buffalo's on the right track, developing all that stuff, and we just got to keep on it. Well, you know, as you see Seneca One now approaching full occupancy, what else are you looking at downtown? What's the next building to come back? Do you think? I think everyone's keeping an eye on the Statler. You know, that's always been a a gem in downtown that's starting to make its way back, starting to fill some of the upper floors would be the next big thing. Uh, and then the whole Ellicott district, you know, another project Douglas Jamal's doing, building another little micro neighborhood down there. Uh, once he does the Mohawk ramp and uh, Simon buildings, um, again, he's going to have another little pocket down there that will be completely different than what he's done down in the Seneca one area. Um, it's just a different neighborhood, but we'll still have a lot of the same population, I think, demographics down that way. Um, so, yeah, keep going, Doug. Lots to watch out for. Hey, uh, Bill, thanks so much. Bill Heisler joining us on the Trocare College Live Line this morning talking about some of the moves downtown. Seneca One about to be uh, fully occupied. Who can believe that? In April. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.